Good morning, y'all, or whatever time you are listening to this. Um, I'm recording this in the morning, so I would say if you're not listening to this in the morning, then ignore the good morning. But if you are listening to this in the morning, good morning. (laughs) Uh, Today, I was just writing a little letter to God, kind of just, you know, throwing all of my ideas, all of my stress, all of my worries to him for a moment and I'm telling you what I got out of it was amazing. It was something that I feel like God keeps speaking to me, but that I haven't really learned yet. It's like one of those things that like, it's like when you're in class, right? And your teacher keeps saying like the same things over and over again, trying to teach you this material. Um, But you're, you keep hearing it and you're like, I feel like there's a connection there, but you're not really connecting the pieces yet. And you're not, you haven't really had that light bulb moment of like, Oh, that makes sense. I learned it, you know, cool beans. I can practice it and put it into use. So I feel like I'm at that point where I'm like, I keep seeing it, but I need to be more intentional with pursuing an understanding of what God is trying to speak to me right now. Um, And so I just wanted to kind of talk about this and just record it so that I could have something to look back on and something to kind of just like uh, center my thoughts and maybe hopefully explore these thoughts a little bit more because I know sometimes when I like talk about things it kind of helps me to dive deeper in a way that I wouldn't have previously done trying to write it out I was trying to write all of my stuff down but sometimes my hand starts hurting <laughs> which is so bad because back in the day I used to write so much and now it's like I can barely write like one page and my hand starts hurting so maybe I need to get better in the practice of that but anywho, before we begin, I just want to go ahead and jump into prayer and then we will get started. So dear Lord, thank you so much for bringing us all here today. God, for waking us up this morning, for allowing us to see a wonderful and beautiful day that you have made. God, I ask that you just allow us to go throughout this day with your blessing upon our lives, with your hand upon our lives. Lord, Lord that you put a hedge of protection and provision around us, Lord, and that you just continue to take care of us, God. I thank you so much for the things that you allow me to experience so that I can have a revelation more about your character out of it, God, because each revelation that we receive from you, God, is to not only help us to understand your character better, Lord, but it's also to encourage so many other people around us to encourage those that you have placed in our communities, Lord, and to be able to uh, prompt them to draw nearer and closer to you, God. So I pray that that's what this revelation does, God, that as I'm sharing this, as I'm talking about this, as I'm thinking about this and kind of reflecting on it, Lord, I just ask that you uh, please allow this uh, revelation to not only resonate with me and help me to practice walking uh, better in my journey with you, but also to help so many other people who may need it as well. God, we thank you so much in Jesus name. Amen. Okay, let's get this thing started, right? So this whole idea of being still and letting go is something that God has been kind of moving in my spirit this year and you know I've been having a lot of observations about everything see the thing is is that for me I get in this mindset a lot of times where I want to be like as if I know everything already and I want to be in that position as if I'm just wise and all-knowing sometimes as opposed to just like experiencing things and observing things and studying things and learning you know sometimes I feel like I just want to jump into that okay I'm already I've already learned about that stuff now I'm good I can teach other people you know um and I feel like that is something that like God wants me to do he wants me to teach other people but 
not come from this perspective of being all high and mighty. So today I don't want to share it as if I just know all because I do have a tendency to jump into that mindset of like, oh, kind of getting on my high and mighty horse. I start mounting my horse again and I start thinking that I know it all and that, you know, I'm finally figuring things out. And then that's when I get knocked off my high horse and I get humbled to the point where I say, I seriously don't know a single thing. Um, and I am just observing and learning and understanding this um, as a student, you know, uh, Kamari and I have this kind of like analogy that we relate it to where it's like we're in the classroom, right? And the Holy Spirit is the guidance counselor. Jesus is our teacher. God is our principal and we are the students. And so in a typical classroom, we have like the teacher at the front of the classroom who's teaching the material. But then sometimes we have independent work. Sometimes we have tests. Sometimes we have group work where we have to collaborate. And sometimes if you are catching on to the material faster than other people, sometimes the teacher will say, you know what? Hey, you go help so-and-so, you know, and you kind of show them what to do, show them how you did it. And so sometimes we take that moment of like, getting the material faster and we think we know it all and we think we're the teacher and that we can get up in front of the class and teach everyone what we just learned when in fact we're still a student because we have so much more to learn but it's in those moments that 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 Jesus will sometimes say hey I want you to share this with your classmate I want you to share this with your brother uh, and sister I want you to share this with your brothers and sisters in Christ so that they can know where you what you know because you all are students you all need to learn this material but if you're catching on just a little bit faster why not help out those around you so that's what I hope to do through this and I'm saying this out loud because as I'm saying it out loud I'm also processing it and telling it to myself because I know that I can think this all day but sometimes I do get in that mentality of just thinking oh I know it all I'm the teacher I'm standing in front of the class trying to act as if I am the one who is um, able to have, you know, like kind of that, that, that teaching material to teach from essentially. Um, and I feel like it's something that we all do, you know, that's why we have so many YouTubers and podcasts and stuff like that, where talk shows and stuff like that, where people who sometimes may not be qualified in that realm, <laughs> try to share their opinions on things that they may not necessarily be the most qualified to share their opinions on. And I'm not trying to like denounce anyone and say, don't share your opinions. But sometimes, uh, depending on the way that you deliver that sharing of your opinions, it, it may come from that perspective that I have sometimes as well, where I'm the teacher, I know what I'm talking about. And I kind of, you know, know it all. And I feel like it's sometimes it's like, it's sometimes undetectable because we don't want to say that we think we know it all. But if we really take a moment to take a step back and really think about our lives and kind of reflect on it, like there's a lot of moments where we genuinely do think or act like we know it all, even if we don't consciously state that or think about that. But anywho, regardless, that was such a tangent, but I just wanted to kind of go through that and spend some time on that because I know how I get sometimes. But this is what... um so that was not even it at all. <laughs> that was not the revelation at all. The revelation that I received this morning is actually not that I received this morning, um, but that was rather, I would say, probably evoked in me this morning because it's always been there, but it's kind of evoked in me this morning. So I'm just going to kind of start from the beginning of the story 
and then walk you through what's going on today. So earlier this year, about January, I would say, I was at New Life and one of our Wednesday night youth groups and I was at the altar and it was one of those days that just like the sermon was hitting hard. The music was hitting hard. I felt the Holy Spirit in that place. I mean, I always feel the Holy Spirit when I go to New Life. But I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit was just like I felt him like he was sitting right next to me and Jesus was sitting right next to me and God was sitting right next to me. Like I just felt all three of them in that place and it was just amazing. And so a lot of times I notice that when I can feel the Holy Spirit in in my life is when I start getting like I start crying a lot. Like I can't control it. Like I just pour like my tears pour out. My mind is like <laughs> and so I'm at the altar and I'm on my knees and I'm crying and Pastor David was prompting us with some type of something. I don't even remember what he was saying. But as I'm sitting at the altar and kind of the lights from the stage were shining on my face, all I saw across my eyelids, it was so weird. It wasn't weird. It was amazing. Uh, I'm not going to say that God's revelation is weird, but it was so um, like not what's happened before. It was really amazing. It was kind of like a teleprompter. It was like I was reading a teleprompter across my eyelids and it said, peace, be still, let go. And so these three phrases, I'm like, what you mean? Like, I know, I, I know how to get peace. I just got to go to God. I know how to be still. I just got to go to God. I know how to let go. I just got to go to God. And so it, I wasn't necessarily brushing it off, but I wasn't taking the time to really study and observe and experience all that God wanted me to see through that revelation. And so he was like trying to, in that moment, that was like the first day of the lesson. It was like the first day that he presented, introduced the lesson a little bit and was like, okay, we're going to be learning. (laughs) You know how teachers, you know, get up in front of you, in front of the classroom and they're like, all right, guys, today we're going to be starting a new chapter uh, in our math book. We're going to be learning yada, yada, Susan. I felt like that's what that day was. It was like, okay, we're going to be starting a new chapter (laughs) this day. And so throughout this whole entire year, uh, 2020, I have been just trying to learn this. Now, the thing, I I don't want to say trying to learn this because I haven't actually been trying. Like, it's been something that is like, I'll go through an experience and I'll kind of hit a really low point and I'll get humbled and, you know, all this type of stuff. And then I'll rise back up and me and God are tight and, you know, we're having a, a great revelation that he shares with me. And then I'm reminded that it relates right back to what he revealed to me in January. And so it's not to say like, like I, I'm kind of trying, but not really trying, not intentionally trying. It's kind of passively trying where it's like, oh, you know, if I get around to learning about peace and being still and letting go, then I'll do it. But it hasn't been something that I've been actively pursuing um, and actively asking God for prayer for, which I feel like I need to write that down so I can remember to pray for it. So let me take a moment to do that. I don't even know where my pen is. Oh, well, well, when I find it, I'll go back through this later and, you know, write it down. But anywho. Um, so he revealed that to me in January. And so since January, I've been going through a lot of experiences that I've never experienced before in my life. Like this year has definitely been a year that I have gone through stuff. Well, I mean, every year is a year that we have go through stuff that we've never experienced because every year and every season is different. But this season, I tell you, has felt like one of the longest seasons of my life. It's also been one of the greatest seasons of my life too. 
Um, and I feel like this whole year has just been a season. I don't know if this year is going to, if, if like this next upcoming year is also going to be part of the season of being still and letting go and finding peace and stuff like that. But, um, we'll see. So anywho, started in January since then, so many experiences have been contributing to me understanding this principle of peace and being still and letting go. And, you know, of course, many experiences like quarantining and, you know, not being able to go anywhere has really kind of gotten me in that place of having to sit and reflect with myself, which is another point that I want to hit back on um, eventually as well. And so there is, I want to say there is one, two, I would say three key events that truly I remember and that are helping me understand this lesson even more. So the first event that I that I would begin with, well, four events. The beginning, which was in January, of course, is the first event. Um, but the the next event that I really distinctly remember, like learning about being still and letting go, and being like, oh, that's what that means, was like in the summer. So basically, I think around March was when all of the, you know, pandemic stuff started coming around. And by the time we reached April, everything was on shutdown. Everything was on lockdown. Quarantine was happening. We couldn't go anywhere. We couldn't do anything. Uh, My family was a, a very cautious as well, being that we just, you know, want to protect ourselves and want to protect each other. So we also took it very seriously and were just like really pursuing like, you know, being safe. Um, and so we quarantined, we're still quarantining for a while. And, um, yeah, so basically that was the beginning of it. And so during the summer, I recognized that I had to grapple with this whole issue of selfishness. Um, and so over the summer, what happened was we would go grocery shopping all together on the weekends. And being that I had nothing to do and I was willing and I was able, I was like, let me just go grocery shopping with my family. And so sometimes I would go, it would just be me and my dad. Sometimes it would just be me and my mom. Um, and so <laughs> for me and my dad, my dad typically writes a list of things that we need to get from the grocery store. And we would go to the grocery store and get all the things on that list. My mom, however, was not like that. <laughs> she is the type of person where she can go in the store and just know what she needs to get right off the top of her head. Now, for me, I'm a person who is sometimes very strategical and sometimes very, um, like, straightforward-minded, like, very much, like, kind of tunnel-focused. Like, I can't really see other people's perspectives sometimes. So when I go with my dad, I was like, you know what? Like, this is great. Like, I could do this because it was the way that I was familiar with doing things in the way that I like to do things. I like to have a list. I like to know what to expect. And so when I went with him, it was great. But then I would go with my mom and she's grabbing stuff just because it's BOGO. I'm like, mom, we don't need two things of barbecue sauce. And she's like, but it's, it's buy one, get one free. And I'm like, what do you, like, it's not on the list. (laughs) We don't need it. And so all this type of things. And it's just a different style of grocery shopping and I would just get so frustrated so angry I remember one time my sister and my mom and I all went my sister and my mom are both very similar minded and so at this particular instance I felt like both of them agreeing 
was like them ganging up on me. Like my mom said something and my sister kind of was like, yeah. And she like agreed with her and then started saying more things to me. And in that instance, I felt very much attacked. I felt very much like, oh, they ganging up against me. They both on the same side and you know, da, 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 da. And so I like stormed off and I did something else. And then when I finally cooled down, I came back and I apologized. But it was in this instance of literally grocery shopping that God revealed to me that like, I need to work with him on being able to be still and to let go, to recognize I don't have to be the one in charge, to recognize that I need to let go of these tiny little things that aren't really meaningful. Because at the end of the day, am I really going to fall out with my family, whom I love so much, over groceries? Like, it's not that big of a deal. And so I even had to like take a break from going to the grocery store with them for a while, just because I was so in such an immature spot of being incredibly selfish, being incredibly like focused on one aspect of it being incredibly controlling and not recognizing that I needed to let go of that feeling of needing to be in control in order to really have peace. And I feel like that is a lot of what we've, we face on a day-to-day basis. Other people have different styles of doing things. And when we don't have control over the situation or we don't have control over like what they're doing or what we're doing, Well, we always have control over what we do because we have control over our actions. But when we don't have control over the entire situation, we just want to get frustrated. We just want to, you know, like blow up because people aren't doing the things that we want them to do. And it comes from that selfish place of like wanting things to go our way. And I recognize that that was stealing my peace. Like I was displaced out of a place of peace because people weren't doing things my way. And so I feel like that was the first time that I was really like when I was reflecting on that because it wasn't in the moment it wasn't when I was at the grocery store that I remembered this but it was like days afterward that I would be sitting outside or just talking to God and reflecting and realizing oh this is what it means to be still and let go to just still my heart and to still my mind from running around and from having all of these thoughts and stuff like that of wanting to be in control, just still myself. I don't necessarily have to still my physical body, but stilling my soul and stilling my heart and stilling my mind. So they're not running rampage and chaotically around all of, you know, everywhere. Um, but stilling myself and letting go of these things that are really trying to steal my peace. So that was the first time. The next time that I really remember learning this principle of being still and letting go was when I went to USF. So I, you know, because of all the COVID stuff like that, um, it was like a really huge like question of like, do I go to school? Do I not go to school? Um, And being that it's two hours away, I can't stay home and, you know, go to campus when I need to, but I would have to actually live on campus. And so that was one of the big decisions that had to be made this year. So we made the decision for me to live on campus and all of that stuff like that. And so being with the pandemic, but also, you know, wanting to have social interaction and wanting to, you know, meet friends and stuff like that and, you know, find a good group of people. It it was really just a wonderful experience for me to learn a lot, to observe a lot and to just have a moment to just truly see God working like he worked in so many different ways from the people that he brought into my life to the way that he was revealing things to me and moving in me it was really wonderful and I feel like I grew a lot just from being there in that moment um 
And one of the things that I feel like I learned from that was also how to be still and how to let go. Uh, There's so much that's out of our control that we can't afford to try to gain control over everything. I mean, you, you know, I just, I can't even describe it, but you guys know, I mean, you live in this life too. You live on earth um, and you know how much things we wish we had control over that we don't, you know? And so just learning how to be uh, flexible and learning how to not let the little things really eat me up inside, but just learning how to let that go. That was something I feel like I learned a lot this semester um, through being at USF and like being on campus and, you know, interacting with people and also being like in class and just recognizing that like, yeah, class may not be going the way I want it to go. I don't want to be on Zoom. (laughs) Lord knows I do not want to be on Zoom. Um, I don't want to have to do this or do that. And yeah, I have to because it's out of my control. And so there's so many things, you know, that we can't really control that we have to learn. Okay. This is not my, it's, it's stealing my peace to try to be in control of everything. And so needless to say, what I have learned so far in this season of God revealing me, revealing to me, peace, be still, let go is that Peace is something that God has given to us as a gift. It's something that is already in us that we just have to continue to nurture when we are in God's presence. Our peace is like a seed inside of us. And when God, when we allow God to be the gardener that he is and nurture that seed, then it continues to grow. And then we start recognizing that we have, you know, this full grown tree of peace because we allowed him to nurture it and take care of it in our hearts and in our minds and in our souls. And so I feel like what we do sometimes is like we don't let him take care of it and we don't let him nurture it because we want to be in control. I know I do that a lot. I'm not going to speak for the we, but I'm going to speak for the I. I personally, a lot of times, will just kind of kick God to the curb when it's something that I want to be in control over. Now, if it's an area of my life where I don't really care about if I have control or not, then I'm like, God, I give it all to you. I give you all control. Lord, you have my heart. You have, except for this part that I want to be in control of, but you have my heart, God, you got it all. And it's so funny. And I feel like God's sitting in heaven. Like, I don't really have it all. If I don't have it all, like you saying, I have it all, but you only giving me a little bit of it or like all of it, except for that one little tiny corner that you want to keep control over. And so I feel like once we truly give it all to him, that's when we'll start experiencing the peace that we seek. So all of that to say that today, that was a really long story to get to the point. But now that you know the story, you'll understand the point so much better. So I'm just going to go ahead and get to the point. The point is, wow, already 23 minutes and I've just been talking about, well, I haven't been talking about nothing been talking about everything it's been good stuff but wow 23 minutes already I can talk okay (laughs) um so the point is today I was writing and oh well now I gotta go through another story so I can eh, eh, I'll just read what I was writing so I was writing in my journal and this is what I wrote 
Dear God, good morning. Today is such a beautiful day that you have blessed us with. Thank you, Lord, for waking me up this morning and reminding me of your love and your faithfulness. Lord, even though I woke up at the butt crack of dawn, (laughs) I woke up really early this morning, like one o'clock. I said, I am thankful that even though I woke up. Oh, I said, I am thankful that I even woke up at all today. Lord, thank you for keeping all of my family in good health and protecting each of us and providing for each of us. Um, I have a lot on my mind and I'm kind of thrown off from this morning. So since I went to sleep, well, I can't read my own handwriting. I'm so sorry. So since I went to sleep so early, like at seven or six, okay, let me just explain this story because it'll be so much easier than trying to just read this. Okay. So basically what happened was yesterday I was feeling incredibly terrible because you know, it's that time of the month, you know, as all of us uh, young women know. And so I was feeling like I got hit by a train and my stomach was hurting and I was cramping and I had a headache and I felt lightheaded and I was like, oh, I just got to go to bed. So around like 6.30 or 7 o'clock, I just went to sleep. Like I knocked out. I went to sleep hard. I was, I was out. I was out like light. Um, <laughs> so then because I slept so hard, I woke up at like 11 o'clock and I was like, ooh, I don't really feel like going back to sleep, but I'm going to force myself to go back to sleep because I know I'm tired. Like, you know how you know that you're tired and you know that you need rest, but your body is kind of like, well, since I'm up, let's just be up. And so I was like, no, let's go back to sleep. So I went back to sleep and I slept for like a good little bit trying to go back to sleep, but my mind was kind of still thinking about things. And then I woke up at one o'clock. And so when when I woke up at one o'clock, I had this bright idea to look up just some stuff online because I've been thinking about like just the things that I want to get from my family members for Christmas um, while also thinking about some of the things that I would like to invest in as well, like for my bathroom and stuff like that. And so I was like, I'm going to go to Five and Below online and look at their stuff. I'm going to go to Target online and look at their stuff. I'm going to go to... um, cold online and look at their stuff so I went to all three of those this morning and I was on five and below the longest I spent like a good hour just searching the entire website looking at every single thing that they had I genuinely did look at every single category they had went through it all and was like what is something I could get for my siblings and then I ended up adding some stuff to my cart because they don't have like a list where you can like add it to a list or something like that so I just added it all to my cart but I never bought anything and so I saw all these things that I was like oh I want that or I think my siblings would like that and then I went on to Target and I saw all these great things and I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to get this, I want to get that, I want to get that. And then I went on to Kohl's, same thing. I was like, oh my gosh, I want to get this, I want to get that. And so my brain was in- incredibly stimulated and I was like, ah. And so then after that, I tried to go back to sleep and I couldn't. My brain was still thinking about all of the stores that I wanted to go to, all of the things that I wanted to get for either me or for my family I was still stimulated and so I kept going I would throw my phone across the room and then get up and go get it again after another like 10 minutes of trying to fall asleep and I would you know remember something or I would shrink my list a little bit down to the stuff that I thought was absolutely necessary or I would reconsider like what I was thinking about buying or I would go back and take screenshots of the things that I wanted so I could remember and yada yada Susan and then After that, 
I tried to go back to sleep, couldn't go back to sleep. Then I, you know, went on YouTube and I was watching YouTube videos. And then after that, I went on Instagram and I was watching all that stuff and going on the stories and checking out people's posts and stuff like that. And then finally I settled down. I read my book and I went to sleep with like 30 minutes to spare before I had to wake up. So (laughs) needless to say, all of that, I feel like caused me to get out of this place of peace you know like I feel like peace is something that we can either enter into or we can draw ourselves out of and I really did feel today like I drew myself out of that place of peace because I was so fixated on getting 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 buying 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 when I could have just as easily like gone to the store this weekend and taken care of all that I needed to take care of and most of the stuff that I was looking at and that I thought I wanted and was getting myself so attached to already, most of that stuff was stuff I didn't even think about wanting or think about needing to get until I saw it. Like, I didn't think, oh, I need this until I saw it. And then I was like, I need that. Do you really need it if you don't think about it until you see it? And I feel like that is what, like, really, really takes a toll on us because we see things and it's not until we see things that we think we need it or we think we have to have it. And so that's what I wrote about it today. I said, blah, 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 I got to go to, got to go to where, where I wrote it. Oh yeah. So one of the points that I wrote in here was that I said, all I could think about was shopping and the impulse to buy. My mind was so stimulated by me going online to look at stuff that it was crazy. Like normally when, when I'm in the store, my brain is stimulated by, you know, like the advertisements by all of this stuff. And I'm like, okay, I really want to buy this. I want to buy this, but it's not as stimulated as when I was online. Um, And I said, eventually I came to the conclusion that each thing I wanted to buy was not what I needed anyway, being that most of what I saw were things that I only thought I needed because I saw it. And I realized that this is what all like companies try to do uh, in order to make money. I said, this whole culture in general, all of society, everything in this world is running on overstimulation and trying to increase our action upon our impulses, which I believe is absurd. I still do it, but I believe it's absurd. (laughs) And this is the first day that I actually like considered that. Like I never really thought about that before. I never really thought about like how this whole entire world just runs on stimulation and sensation and all of this stuff like that. And so I said, and literally everything we engage with is a method to steal our peace. I mean, the enemy is using so many different instruments and agents of the world to work through of the world to work through that it's quite overwhelming when you think about it. Everything is intended to get us out of a place of shalom, which means peace, and out of a place of erene, which means peace. So shalom and erene are two words that, well, I've already like known them, but are two words that just recently increased in my vocabulary um, because I was doing this Bible project. Um, Bible plan, which I mean, not Bible project. Yeah, it is Bible project, um, which any, if any of you guys get the chance to do this, I would highly suggest going, um, on the version app. You can download it on anything. I think iOS, Android, anything. You can even log into it online, um, like through a browser. Um, and they have these Bible plans that you can do in the Bible plan that I'm currently doing with a couple of my friends is, this Advent Reflections Bible Plan by the Bible Project. 
which also the Bible Project is an amazing thing to check out too. They have great videos on like just understanding the Bible better and how to apply it, understanding God's character better, yada, yada, Susan. So it's really, really great. And they have this Bible plan on Advent reflections, which I've been doing. And so we talked about like hope the first week, this week we're talking about peace. And so they were talking about how Shalom is the Hebrew word for peace and how Irene is the uh, Greek word for peace. And so Shalom is used a lot in like the Old Testament. And then in the New Testament, a lot of the writers use the word Irene, like Paul uses it and stuff like that. And so Shalom and Irene both mean peace. Um, and they both mean peace. Like, and in this definition of peace, it doesn't just mean like the absence of conflict or the absence of injustice, but rather it means the presence also in accompaniment of the absence of conflict. It also means the presence of um what was it? It also means the presence of justice. It means the presence of completion. That was okay. I lost it for a moment. So it's not just the absence of conflict, but it's the presence of um, completion. It's also the presence of justice and it's the presence of righteousness. And so it's not just peace is not just taking away all of the bad things, but also including all of the good things so that we become whole. Because if you think about it, if we took about if we took away all of the bad things out of our life, like there would be stuff missing, like there would be holes and kind of gaps in our plot line of the story. So we have to fill it with something else. And so that's what um, Shalom and Irene mean. I really hope I'm saying Irene right. I don't really know, but okay. Um, and I said, everything is intended to get us out of a place of Shalom, out of a place of Irene and out of a place of closeness with the Prince of Shalom and Irene. Media, the Prince of Shalom and Irene, the Prince of Peace is Jesus. I said the media, the Internet, businesses, etc., even just societal culture in general, uh, continue to perpetuate that what you have is not enough. Who you are is not enough and what you're doing is not enough. And when something is not enough, that means that that thing is incomplete. So essentially what the world, what the devil is trying to tell us and what we try to tell ourselves is that we are not enough and that we are not complete unless we do more, unless we have more, and unless we be more. But where I am right now is where God loves me. <laughs> and he will never love me more or less uh, than how much he loves me right now. Because his love is unconditional. There is nothing that I can do or not do that will make him love me any more or any less than how he loves me now. I said we are not complete because of who we are or what we've done or what we have but because Christ completes us. He is the one and the only, the beginning, middle, and end, and everything in between. We are enough because he made us so through his sacrifice on the cross. So I'm just going to kind of break down what I was talking about in this because there's a couple of points that I really want to hit on once again and kind of expound upon. So first of all, this whole idea of um, us feeling that we're not enough in a sense, feeling incomplete. So when I said the world and the devil and we try to tell ourselves that we are not enough and that we are not complete unless we do more, have more, be more, this whole aspect of doing more, being more and having more is something that God revealed to me a while ago that I like not a while, while ago, but like during this season of being still and letting go. I think it was around probably the end of the summer where he really showed me that like I genuinely have this desire of like doing more, like achieving more, getting more done. And then I have this desire of 
being more and becoming better and yada 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 and improving myself and then I always have this desire of having more because I gotta have this and I gotta have that in order to feel the sense of completion we all want to feel this source of completion we all want to feel this sense of peace this sense of being whole and we try to seek that through doing more and being more and having more and so when he revealed that to me I applied that once again to today like I said it's something that keeps like a theme that keeps popping up but I've never really sat on it before like I never really thought and meditated on it and been like huh what does God mean by this so that's what I'm doing now um So yeah, basically this whole idea of being more, doing more, and having more, if you look at culture and you just observe it, if you look at the world and how it's going, if we look at our own lives and our own goals and our own, like just everything that we do, everything that we think of, it always revolves around these ideas of doing more, of having more, and of being more. Um, And a good thing to do, I haven't done this, but I would like to do this, is to write down all of our goals like if we take a moment to just write down all of our goals what's my goals in life what do I want to achieve or a lot of times what I do is I just do like a brain dump sometimes and I would just write down everything on my brain everything that I want to do everything that I want to have everything that I want to be all of that I'll just dump it onto one page and I'll lift it up before God I don't always do this but I try to lift it up before God and like bring it to him and then he helps me recognize that like All of this is just an attempt to fill this void in me that I can't fill on my own. And all of this is never going to fill that void. Me wanting to buy this thing for my room or buy this thing for my bathroom or all of that stuff. Like it is not going to fill anything in me. It's not going to be my source of completion. Every single time I'm watching YouTube videos or seeing, you know, influencers and the stuff that they do and the stuff that they have, it always comes to this point in this conclusion of comparison and I always feel like comparing myself to them because I'm like oh you know like I don't have that so I'm not complete I don't have this so I'm not complete well I'm not like her so I'm not complete I'm not doing what they're doing so I'm not complete and oftentimes I genuinely feel like I am not enough when God is telling me every single day baby girl you are enough I woke you up this morning you are enough I put breath and life into you. You are enough. I died on the cross for you. You are enough. Like if we weren't enough in his eyes, do you think he would have died on the cross for us? He wouldn't have. Nobody just dies on the cross for someone they don't see as valuable, for someone they don't see worthy. Like you, he died on the cross for our sins because he values us. Because he says, you are enough in my eyes and you are enough now because I made you enough. Not because you were enough on your own because I made you enough through my sacrifice and so there's nothing that we have to do in order to be enough we already are now I think that's so beautiful um and yeah I feel like I feel like a lot of times we'll try to place it on culture or we'll try to place it on society a lot of times I get in this mindset of wanting to place all the blame on you know the world and stuff like that and the devil The devil and the world have a huge influence in every single thing that we do. But ultimately, it's up to us. It's our decision to have this comparison. It's our decision to let comparison and to let wanting to do more, be more and have more um, take us out of that place of peace. It's our decision to take ourselves out of that place of peace. The devil can't make me do something. I choose to do it based off of the temptations that he lies in front of me. And so all of these things 
are just temptations. They're just stimulations. It's, it's, it's all just a way for us to make a decision. It all comes down to a decision. Are you deciding that you are going to fall into that trap of constantly striving and trying to achieve what God has already achieved in you? Or are you going to just accept God has already achieved that in me? I'm good. I don't need anything else. I don't need to do anything else. I don't need to have anything else. I don't need to be anything else. He's already in me. You know, like he's already filled me up. I'm already enough. And when I say you, I'm speaking to myself as well, because this is something that I do constantly. Um, I recently just took the Enneagram test. Now, I'm not a big person on like, oh, like this is just my personality and that's why I'm like this. Um, I will never use my personality as like an excuse to explain my behavior or my decisions. But I feel like when I took the Enneagram test, um, it kind of like helped me understand better my personality and it kind of guided me in being like, oh, that makes sense. And I kind of have a label for my personality. Like I kind of have like a label or like a phrasing to use to kind of explain who I am now just because I am this number doesn't mean that's all I am. That's all there is to me, but it does help me give words and verbiage to uh, the things that I couldn't otherwise express. So I am a one on the Enneagram, which means I think that is the perfectionist. So yeah, it is the perfectionist. I'm a one wing three. So I'm a perfectionist. Uh, and the three is the achiever. So I am constantly wanting to achieve things, constantly trying to be kind of improving things and uh, renovating things and just making things the best that they can be. And a lot of times I do seek perfection. And I feel like having a personality that has those characteristics of wanting to be perfect, of wanting to achieve things, of all that stuff like that, a lot of times causes me to chase after doing more and being more and having more because I see other people who are in the positions of what I want to be one day or who are doing the things that I've like to do or the things that I think are ideal and I see them doing that and then I start trying to achieve those ideals I start trying to achieve those things that they are doing um, as opposed to trying to chase after God and pursue him so I start pursuing what creation is doing and what creation what God's creation has created instead of pursuing God who is the creator and so I feel like that is just something I don't know where I was going with that but it's something um (laughs) So yeah, it's all just to get us out of this place of peace. And when we're in a place of peace, we feel whole, we feel content, we feel complete. We recognize that there is nothing more or less that you could add to me. There's nothing you could add to me or you could take away from me that would make me feel any different than what I'm feeling right now. That's what a true sense of peace is like. When you truly have peace, you're like, okay, you can add more. I'm still at peace or you could take away more and I'm still at peace. Like either way, it you still feel that sense of completion because you don't feel as if you're lacking something and as if you need something, you know. Um, and so, yeah, when we are at peace, we truly feel and recognize that we are enough because Christ made us enough. And I feel like, OK, I'm just going to use an example because personally for me, um, there are days that I have experienced really incredibly peaceful days like a lot of days are kind of like eh, like I'm doing all right you know I'm getting by but then there are some days that are I just feel not only the presence of God but I feel the peace of God up in my heart up in my mind up in my soul and my spirit I just feel them and it's just like 
a like it's such a vibe like being at peace is such a vibe I kid you not it doesn't happen all the time it's not like every single day I'm just oh I'm so content I'm so at peace I have this idealist perfect life but there are days that I'm just like this is amazing you know what I mean like God is amazing life is amazing and even if life wasn't amazing I'm just at peace you know what I mean And I start seeing God's beauty and everything and his peace and his hand and everything. And it's so wonderful. And it's those days that I, there's this feeling in my heart. Like I can't really describe it. Um, It's just this feeling like my heart feels full. Like it doesn't feel empty. It doesn't feel like it's lacking anything. I literally like physically feel my heart is full. And There's nothing that I do in that day that really adds to that fullness or takes away from that fullness other than just communing with God and talking to him. Like that's the only thing that ever makes me feel overflowing with fullness. But like, you know, I could I could uh, like have Chick-fil-A that day or not have Chick-fil-A that day and still be full. You know, it's nothing that like really, really adds to it or takes away from it other than communing and talking with God but those moments like that is that that feeling of peace and I recognize that on those days are the days that I really have true peace because I feel complete and whole in Christ it's not trying to you know achieve completeness in and of myself it's not feeling like I'm not enough but it's just this balance it's this it's this vibe (laughs) feeling at peace um so that's just the first thing that I wanted to talk about that peace is not a feeling of incompleteness it's not a feeling of not feeling enough but it's that feeling of feeling whole and completed in Christ and then um another thing that I wanted to say is that a lot of times okay yeah yeah next thing um when I was writing that sentence of but where I am right now is where God loves me. Now, a lot of times people take this out of context or they take this to mean something else than what it actually means. What it means is God based upon, because God is love. So there is a verse in first Corinthians. Let's just head over there in first Corinthians chapter 13. It tells us about girl, where's I know where Corinthians is, but like, where is it? Okay. First Corinthians 13. Y'all head on over there. Say amen when you get it. I'm just joking. <laughs> ah, okay. Well, I guess it doesn't say in, it in here, does it? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Um, I know I was just serenading you all. Um, so in First Corinthians chapter 13, it doesn't actually say it, but I'm just going to say it anyway. God is love. It might be in John. I don't know. It could be in John. Somewhere in the Bible, it lets us know that God is love. God equals love. His character, who he is, is equated to love because he is love. That's that's it. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it goes through all of these characteristics of love. It says like, love is this, love is that. It tells us that love is patient, love is kind. And so every time I see the word love in that scripture, I replace it with God. So I say, God is kind. God is patient. God does not envy and does not boast, is not proud and does not dishonor others, all this type of stuff. And so when we recognize that God is love, then we realize that because he is love, he is physically love. Like love and him are the same thing. Love and God are the same thing. 
then there is nothing that we can do that changes his character. There's nothing that we can do that changes who he is. So he's going to be love, whether we're over here acting up or whether we are doing right, he is still going to be who he is. He is still going to be love because he is God and he is love. And so that is why I said the statement that there is nothing that I can do or not do that causes God to love me any less than he loves me right now or love me any more than he loves me right now. Even if I go 1500 days praying and being in devotion, God will not love me any more than he loves me right now. And even if I, you know, fall completely off the grid and I go astray and I'm not repenting, God will not love me any less than he loves me right now. His love is unconditional. His love is never changing. His love is ever constant. His love is consistent. And so with that unconditional love and the love that he gives us, it doesn't matter what we do. He can, we cannot change who he is. Um, but on the flip side of that, or that's not really the flip side, but on the other angle of that, um, we need to make sure that we are not using God's love and God's character as an excuse for our sin and for our unrighteousness. We cannot walk around and say, oh, well, I'm just going to sin because, you know, God can't love me any less. That's true, but that should not be an excuse for our sin. God's grace, God's mercy, God's unconditional love, who he is, should not give us and does not give us the license and the uh, the say to act in sin and then say, okay, we're going to be fine because God, you know, God is still going to be God. He's still going to be God, but there are other characteristics of God that also recognize him as a judge that also recognize him as justice. God loves justice. And so when we sin and when we're unrighteous, he can't go against himself and say, okay, well, I'm not going to judge her for her sins. He still is because he's just. That's just like saying, okay, you go to a courtroom and there's a judge, right? And he's sitting up on his little judge seat with his little judge hammer and he just chilling. Everybody knows that this judge is a good judge. They know that he is fair. They know that he is loving. They know that he is gracious, right? And so he's sitting up there and, you know, you have the, the people who are coming in. I forgot what they're called. Like the, the two different lawyers, like the prosecuting lawyer and then the other lawyer. I don't know much. I just remember the scenes from like, you know, movies and stuff like that. Picture it like a movie in your head. There you go. Bam. Imagery. <laughs> um, but, you know, let's say that there is a person who is being charged with rape and sexual assault. Would that judge then say, oh, because I'm a loving judge, I'm not going to charge you in prison? Y'all would say... Get this man out of here. He needs to be like either on death's row or he needs to be in jail. Like imagine that and then saying, oh, well, because he's a good judge, he's not going to judge that man's that man's actions. No, 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 no. God still judges our actions. He still does. Um, but he is even more gracious than any earthly judge could be. Um, and so. Because he is gracious, he still gives us time and he patiently waits for us to repent and to turn back to him so that he can wipe our slate clean. But if we don't ever want to repent to him and we don't ever want to ever want to pursue him so that he can wipe our slate clean, then oh, you best believe 
He's going to judge you and he's going to be just in his judgments and fair in the way that he acts and judges toward us. Because, I mean, that would just be the most upsetting thing to see a man, especially if he like raped or sexually assaulted children or something like that. You would say this man needs the death sentence, right? You would say this man needs to be in jail. And the judge, just because he's a loving judge, doesn't mean he's going against his character of being loving by judging that man for his sin and for, I mean, for his actions and putting him in jail, but rather it shows that he is just and it shows that he is loving and stuff like that. So that's just a way to think of God's love. So that doesn't mean that just because he can't love us any less or any more than how he loves us right now, that doesn't mean that that gives us the license to sin. That doesn't mean that it gives us the okay to sin. Um, it's not okay to sin. It's not okay to be in living in unrighteousness, but because he is so loving, he, you know, has already atoned for our sins. He's already forgiven us and he's already ready to welcome us back into his arms um, so that we can be with him. But there's nothing that we can do and strive after. It's not like we're going to be, you know, those like <laughs> those kids that really love to like kiss up to the teachers like and they try so hard and, you know, they're like doing stuff, overachieving extra credit, yada, yada, Susan, like. They keep trying to be in the teacher's good graces. We don't have to do that. We don't have to keep trying to kiss up to the teacher to be in the good graces of God. God already loves us uh, and his love is already enough. He can't love us more or any less than how much he loves us right now. So, anywho, that was the next point. And then the final point that I wanted to make on this whole thing that I was just talking about is that we are complete not because of who we are or what we've done or what we have but because Christ completes us so this whole aspect of wanting to do more this whole aspect of wanting to be more and wanting to have more truly is the source of our lack of peace because we're chasing after something that is unnecessary I mean when you are just chilling do you really feel like doing stuff that's unnecessary no it is a waste of energy. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of like patience and stuff like that. And so when we are chasing after having more and being more and doing more, that is a waste of, of time and all that stuff like that because God already made us complete. So there's nothing else that we have to pursue to be complete. There's nothing else that we have to do or feel that we have an obligation to accomplish um, because God has already made us complete in him. And so when we feel like we have to do these things or we feel the pressure of the world or the pressure of ourselves to keep going and keep doing more and stuff like that, then we recognize, okay, you know what? Like this ain't working. And if you really look at it in this world, you can ask anybody. So, you know, what's something that you want to improve about yourself? What's something that you wish you had? What's something that you wish you could do? What's something that you wish you could be? Um, if you ask someone any of these questions, they will all have a response because everybody can, we, we always are thinking of something that we can do more of or something that we can have more of or something that we wish we could be more of. I wish I could be more fit. I wish I could be more motivated to do my work. I wish, yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like we all have stuff that we wish we could do and have and be, but none of that is going to make us more complete. If I start working out, you know, every single day, that's never going to make me feel more complete. 
it's just going to make me look more fit on the outside. But is it going to make me fit on the inside? No. So nothing that we can do is really going to complete us because we're already complete. You don't need to complete something that's already complete. How else? Like, it's like a puzzle. You, if the puzzle's already complete, what else do you have to do to it? Nothing. <laughs> you don't have to add more to it. You don't have to do anything else to it because it's already complete. There's nowhere else to put any other puzzle pieces. You can start another puzzle, but it's not going to add any more or take away any less value from the puzzle that's already completed. And that's what we are through Christ. We are already completed. There's nothing that can take away or add to our value. Getting a husband. Oh, this one speaks to me. Getting a husband or having children is not going to add to our value. Let me tell you something. For me, I'm a young woman who fantasizes and dreams for the day that I will meet my one. <laughs> the one that God has for me. But I have to recognize and often remember and remind myself that having a husband or having a boyfriend is not going to add any more value to me and not having one is not going to take away any value from me I'm already full in Christ I already have enough in him and I am enough in him because he already made me complete there's literally literally nothing I could do I mean I cannot do a single thing because Christ has already made me complete um, and yeah, 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 yeah. And then, yeah. And then how did Christ make us complete? Well, first of all, he is complete. Um, he is whole. He is holy. He's like everything. Like he's just already complete himself. And he made us complete through his sacrifice on the cross. And we are so thankful for his sacrifice on the cross. So back to this whole idea of peace and lack of. The true reason why we or the world, we, why we allow ourselves or the world or the devil to pull us out of that place of peace is because of our wants and desires to do more, to be more, to have more, because of our expectations, because of our feelings of control or our feelings of comparison, because of jealousy, because of sin. It truly is taking us out of that place of peace with God and we recognize that when we get in that place of peace with God I mean we're unstoppable it is truly amazing because God is shown through us it's like I'm going to go back to the puzzle analogy because when you complete a puzzle you are able to see the beauty of the colors and the picture that is shown through those puzzle pieces. Now, it may be broken at the beginning. It may be all in different pieces that need to be put together. And it may take some time to put together. you got to be patient when putting together a puzzle. But once that puzzle is completed, it shows the beauty of that picture or of that illustration or whatever the puzzle is, you know. And it, it's really beautiful. And I feel like that's what God does through our lives. We may think that we're not put together but we are already whole we are already complete in him sometimes we allow the world and we allow the devil and we allow ourselves to pull at different pieces of our puzzle trying to break us apart trying to steal us out of that place of peace trying to make us feel incomplete but God is like girl put that puzzle piece back on there you already complete you're already valued you're already loved you're already worthy you don't have to try to do anything else to it. It's good. It's perfect. It's beautiful the way that it is. And God makes us beautiful the way that we are. Um, and also, where was I going with that? 
oh yeah, peace. Um, so yeah, those are just things that steal our peace, but things that truly do bring us peace. Like how do we quote unquote find peace? There's so many self-help books. There's so many, uh, different resources and stuff that people try to really emphasize and people try to really shove down our throats to say, this is how you find peace. This is how you do it. This step-by-step process. This is what you need to use. You need to go down the route of minimalism. You need to go down the route of this or that or the third, which those things are great in moderation and in consideration of our own personal lives. But how do we filter through that stuff to find truly what God wants us to do? Well, the only way that we do that is through prayer. I mean, we literally, when we are communing with God and we are talking with him and we are saying, Lord, you know, you are my source of peace. You come fill me up. Then we start seeing what God truly wants us to do and what's truly purposeful and intentional in drawing us closer to him. Because the closer we get to him, the more at peace we are and the more we start to recognize our wholeness and completeness in him. Um, and, you know, that, that, that's it. He's already made us complete. We don't need anything else other than him. And yeah, so that's how we find peace. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, you know, I am not a guru or anything like that. And if anyone does try to convince you that they do know, you know, five ways to find peace. Okay, cool. You know, take it all in with consideration um, and alignment to God's word ultimately. But I would say the best way to find peace is to go to the source himself and just to talk to him and ask him for it and say, Lord, I need peace. He may not give it. It's not going to come wrapped in a bow in a package, but it is going to come. And you can best believe that once you ask God for something and you truly believe that you will receive it, you will receive it. And he's already given us um, the opportunities to do that. We just have to reach out to him. We have to ask him. And so, yeah, I just wanted to share that because I just think it's such a beautiful, beautiful idea, beautiful revelation that God revealed to me today about his peace and all of that. So with that, I'm just going to close out once again in prayer. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this revelation, for allowing me to get through an hour and one minute of talking about everything and also partially nothing uh, at the beginning. Um, you know, just thank you Lord so much for this wonderful, uh, way of just expressing myself and kind of just dumping everything out, um, in a way that will not only help me remember in the future, but, and so that I can listen back on it, but also will hopefully help others who hear this as well. God, I thank you so much for all that you are revealing through each and every single one of us and the way that you are putting us together and making us complete in you. Lord, we are already enough in you. You have already made us enough, Lord. And you just want us to continue to be obedient to you. You want us to continue to respect you so that you can continue to work in us and sanctify us and restore us to the place where you want us to be, God. And, you know, we just love you, God, and we thank you so much. We ask right now, Lord, that you descend upon us like a dove, Lord. That you dis- descend upon our hearts, descend upon our minds, descend upon our souls, Lord, and just Give us peace, Lord. Put your hand over us and over our lives, God. Give us peace, Lord. I ask that you show us the ways in which our peace is being stolen from us or ways in which we are disconnecting from you that is causing us to lack peace, God. Show us the the sources that are causing us to drain out our peace, Lord. Help us to find ways to get closer to you. 
Lord, I know that Paul wrote this somewhere in the New Testament (laughs) that we need to throw off everything that hinders us as we're running this race, God. And as we are pursuing peace and we're running after peace, your peace, um, I ask that you help us to throw off everything that hinders us, Lord, whether it is social media or whether it is comparison or whether it's lack of patience or whatever it is, God, that's causing us to not be at peace lord i ask that you help us to throw off all of that that's hindering us god we want to run we want to run and pursue your peace god and so i just ask that you help us and also help us to recognize that this peace can literally be not not found through anything else through anyone else except for you you are the only source of peace we cannot find your peace in any type of formula in any type of book we can only find your peace through you let's go to the source let's take it back to you god and remember that our peace our restoration our sanctification what is going to make us whole is only you nothing else can complete us lord nothing else can complete us it's only you so we thank you so much god and we ask that this not only resonates with each and every one of us god but this also is something that we practice on the daily because we know it's so easy i know it's so easy to talk about this stuff and i could talk about this stuff all day i could say as many words as i want to But I ask that my actions and that all of our actions reflect this, God, that when this resonates in our heart, we begin to practice this, Lord, not just saying it, not just preaching it, but actually practicing it, doing it on a daily and making sure that we are staying connected to you. So, Lord, I just ask for that. And I ask that you give us the resolve, Lord, to choose you, God, give us the resolve to want to pursue you want to pursue the fruit of the spirit, God, and want to give you all of our heart, Lord. We are passionate about you and we love you. And we just ask for you, your peace throughout today, throughout this week, throughout this month, and throughout the rest of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. All right now, I'll talk to you later. All right now, all right now, bye.